Listening Dog Media. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Kate Borsay. So Sweden have got the bronze medal over co-hosts Australia, spoiling their party. How dare they? Uh, But who will lift the trophy, England or Spain? Today I'm with Jade Moore, who played in the last two World Cups for England, winning that bronze medal in 2015. Hi, Jade. Hi, Kate. And joining us from Sydney, it's Jen O'Neill, former Sunderland player and editor of the She Kicks magazine, uh, as is tradition. Good day, Jen. Good day. <laughs> I like that you're playing along with that. Jen, what's it been like out there as a fan and as a journo? I bet you've had a, a good old mix of experiences. It's been amazing. I've, I've been to, what, seven World Cups now? And some of them have been... Show off. Some, I know. Well, I'm old, aren't I? So some of them have been brilliant. So 99 was amazing. And 2011 was actually fantastic as, a, as atmosphere, but it didn't have the eyes and the visibility and that this has. And this has really captured the imagination of the Australian public. It's The last week or so has just been phenomenal. I mean, the football has been amazing. You all know that. But just to be here and to witness that and to be immersed in it was has been incredible. I hope it doesn't die off after the last few days in the disappointment. But I've been saying from the start that Australia has smashed it out of their re- rectangular stadiums because <laughs> they don't have parks. <laughs> um, I love that. And we'll talk about the impact of today's game as well. Before we get on to that, Jade, have you been uh, spending any of your rest days pushing open some doors as a woman, perhaps? <laughs> Talking about Gianni Infantino's comments. Let's have a listen. I say to all the women, pick the right battles, pick the right fights. You have the power to change. You have the power to convince us men what we have to do and what we don't have to do. You do it. Just do it. 
With me, with FIFA, you will find open doors. Just push the doors. Jen, you've got the power then uh, to convince the men what they've got to do and what they don't have to do. It's all in your hands. It's all in our hands, isn't yeah, it, ladies? If we just work a little bit harder. Just be a bit more convincing, Jen. I know, it's it's incredible. As a counterpoint to that, though, this morning at the FIFA convention, because that's where Gianni was talking, the chief women's football officer for FIFA spoke as the opening address of the second day. And she said, which was quite well put in a delicate way, I think, we've been knocking at doors for years. And also, this is not the moment to say, I told you so. It's time to smile. It is a bit worrying that they can't even sort out their own house, though. He also told Sky News Infantino uh, earlier today that FIFA was a pioneer investing in women's football. It is their job to invest in women's football, might we point out. Jade's played a World Cup on turf. They didn't even get to play on grass. If there's one example of FIFA not doing what they should have done, which was right by the players, they should have played that tournament in Canada in 2015 on grass. Yeah, that was a big thing. And I think obviously for me, I look back on that tournament, it was one of the greatest footballing moments of my career, my my playing internationally. I think I look back on that tournament and I don't think about the turf. I think about the bronze medal that we walked away with. But I remember thinking about what that was going to look like, going out and playing on turf. We wasn't used to playing on turf then. Obviously, every nation that went and stopped foot out there had to change their whole preparation camp to go and do that. So I think, you know, given those things that have happened previously, thankfully, we've come a long way from then. And it's only such a short space of time. Yes, I think this is just get him to stop talking, Infantino, if he's not going to say anything useful. Twitter was alive and well, of course, on that one. I took great delight in pointing out it wasn't anything to do with the men at all. Women were doing this for themselves and only for themselves without any concern about what was for men or what they needed to do for men. And well done to producer Sophie, who just simply took a picture of a door and asked how many people were going to be pushing against it. There we go. Well, let's turn our attentions then and dive into our World Cup final preview. So a quick recap then of how the teams got here. Spain scored eight in their opening group games over Costa Rica and Zambia before losing to Japan with that big 4-0 scoreline. In the knockout rounds, Spain beat Switzerland 5-1 and then saw off the Netherlands an extra time. In the semi-final, a late long-range wonder goal from Olga Carmona sealed their place in the final. And England, well, they started off with 1-0 wins against Haiti and Denmark before wowing us against China with that 6-1 win. They scraped through the round of 16 on penalties against Nigeria, playing all of extra time with 10 players. Alessia Russo scored the winner against Colombia in the next round, and it was the 3-1 win over co-host Australia that put England into the final. First up then, Jade and I chatted to Karen Carney, who played in the last four World Cups for England, 144 caps in total. She's also just chaired an independent review into the women's game. Let's welcome along Karen Carney then. Karen, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. What have you been up to during the World Cup? I've been seeing your face on our TV screens, but knowing you, you'll have been doing loads more as well. Yeah, to be fair. Um, like even yesterday, I, I watched the game and then went and did some football sessions with some girls, some kids which is really good, inspired by the Lionesses. But yeah, it's been it's been really busy, but also been doing a campaign with Vialife as well, which has been awesome. 
a sponsor in Cheddar AFC and as a fellow vegan I'm very much on board with that so sponsoring the men's and women's team on their jerseys this season so yeah I've been quite busy watching football and, and doing different things as well. I think one of my biggest questions like you've been to four World Cups now what do you think the difference has been like the game changer should we say that for this team to go on and you know start to win things like what do you think's happened? I think the mentality really and that's not to say people like myself or you Jay for example we didn't have that mentality I think maybe historically we didn't really have the support or the funding or the backing and I think this group has kind of come through that so they've had no they just have no fear in anything and I think you mentioned that at the start is what's been the difference I think across women's football now there's been more sponsorship more people pushing for the game so then like players like myself and Jade we probably were only full-time maybe in the last two or three years of our career I think these players now are in full-time environments and of course I'm always going to be pushing for those full-time environments to be better I still think we can and I've spoken openly about that but I think um, they've been having contact on a football kicking a football more than me and Jade ever did and I think that puts you in a massive advantage as well and um, hopefully now with the team getting to the final yes they're going to shine a light on the sport even more so. But I hope now it really starts to filter down that we don't just win one Euros. We don't just get to one World Cup final. Hopefully we win it on Sunday. We get to many. And I think now we've got an opportunity in the UK to in England to dominate world football for a long time if we get the pipeline right. But the top end of the Lionesses are, are doing an incredible job. So Kaz, in true Monday night football fashion... Can you tactically break down this England forward line for us? And I guess Spain, because, you know, they've not been too bad either. In, in, in what way you want me to break it down, Jags? You're pretty good tactically. Whichever way you see fit, really. I think we want to see how a forward... I'm a defensive midfielder, Kaz. Come on, like, you're the striker, <laughs> the attacking player here. I used to pass you the ball and let you do all the work. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't do any defending. Um, but no, I, <laughs> look, I think sometimes... You stumble across formations and and I guess in football they're not we've got to come away from formations it's really fluid now football gone are the days where you're a left back or gone are the days where Lucy Bronze was a right back she's a right midfielder she's a centre midfielder she's a right winger she's centre back at times so football's now fluid in these formations but I think in terms of the attacking lineup, I think I was concerned with goals we all was yeah and I think the formation you kind of stumble across it and I'll go back to it you know I think what she's done is she's put players in positions where they can thrive. And that's why I go to remove the formation situation. So Alessia Russo is statistically one of the best players at holding the ball up. She comes into centre midfield most out of any other player and the link between the defence and midfield, she's really key at that. But then when you come into those areas, you need someone to stretch. And that's been really good for Lauren Hemp. And I think for, for Lauren, just from watching her, when she plays on the left wing, I think teams have sussed her out a little bit now. So she's had to bring in that being adaptable. People don't know what you're going to do. And I think from putting her more in a central area, I think she's able to roam and be a bit more free. And it's worked. Yeah. Alessia comes to feet, she can stretch them behind. And they seem to be working really, really well together. Because also they're not, both of the centre forwards are not probably great aerially. So when you have wing backs, you probably think, right, they're going to get crosses into the box. But I just think it's enabled us to get higher up the pitch. But um, both of them have done so much for the team. I think this England team are probably not the free-flowing football team we saw in the Euros or even in the build-up. We've had to completely change and evolve and adapt. And I think 
I think this team is based on defence. Their attitude and mentality is defend first and they'll create the chances after. So it's a winning formula. You have to applaud the manager and we're doing really well with it. And I think tactically it's been brilliant because at times we have looked vulnerable on the counter-attack. Um, but that shift in kind of roles and, and kind of shape of the team has really made us that little bit more stronger. Kaz, we've got one more to ask you. What's going to be key against Spain? And would you start Lauren James? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I wouldn't start Lauren James and I wouldn't have started her in the quarterfinal either. I thought in that game, the last game that she played, I thought she looked tired and fatigued. And if you look at her journey for Chelsea, she doesn't really play back-to-back games that much. So it's a big ass. So I would have rested her and brought her as a sub. And now I think going into this Spain game, I think the game will be really tight. As we know, I think it will be they'll dominate possession as they usually do. And I think we'll just have to, we'll try and have possession. I think we'll try and possess more than we've ever done before against Spanish team. Um, But I think it will be a bit like crab football where we're just kind of being in our shape, being in our moments. And I think then Lauren's a perfect player to come on as a game changer. We saw in the Euros how influential substitutes are. And I, I think for me, I'd probably keep the same eleven consistency the group is growing the strength in there and if in doubt then you've got Chloe Kelly Lauren James you've got world-class players to come in and change the game but for me I'd 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 leave the the kid hungry on the side of the pitch and waiting to come on and play and then just cause absolute havoc when she enters the field so um but I'm not Serena Wiegmann and I've said things before and she's stuck with it and she's been incredible so whatever she does I'll back (laughs) (laughs) we're back to in in Serena we trust aren't we Kaz it's been so lovely to speak to you enjoy the game uh, wherever you're watching it it's going to be well we're already in unprecedented territory aren't we a world cup final for the lionesses and uh, let's see if they can take it all the way Karen Carney thank you so much for speaking to us thank you Well, that was us speaking to Karen Carney. Let's get into the final then, shall we, both of you? Kaz said she wouldn't start Lauren James. Uh, In her opinion, she needs to come on as a game changer. We've had hundreds of comments on TikTok about this, the majority calling for Ella Toon to start. Do you agree, Jen O'Neill? Yeah, I think, uh, and I'm echoing the thoughts of lots of people I've heard comment on this already, that Ella Toon has earned the right to play in that final. And that's that formation that they're developing and making those connections in and and it's coming together, she's integral to that and the discipline they need in that midfield and the goal she scored. I think you have to start her. It would be really mentally difficult, I think, maybe for Lauren to come into this from the start, put her on as a substitute and she could change the game. Both of these players aren't defensive players, so you've got to have a look at the game and think which player's going to obviously execute their job role Perfectly, and I think right now, given Tooney's, um, you know, the the feeling off the back of the last game, she's going to be flying high on confidence. I think it's her place to lose, basically. So I think she gets given the start for me, and hopefully Lauren James has got a point to prove. So when hopefully Serena sees fit, she'll use that, and hopefully Lauren James will come on and do just that. Yeah, that first goal from Ella Toon for England against Australia so important, really in. In just calming uh, the side down a little bit. Tactically, Jen, where can England target Spain? Where are Spain's weak points? We know that, of course, Lucy Branch and Kira Walsh know quite a few of the players' tactics well from Barcelona, plenty of their teammates and people they've come up against in that side. Where are Spain's weak points for you? 
you saw that though when they played Japan. It's age old, isn't it? Let them have the ball, and you you use it when you get it. And I think that they're weak through the middle in the defence. You, you either you can get crosses in and attack them, but I think with the way that the partnership between Russo and Hemp is developing and the speed that Hemp has, and without Mappy Leon, who's a big miss to that back line, I think that their centre-backs really struggle. And I think that they're a foul away from a penalty. I just think that play on their shoulders and they're going to get chances. Do we need to let Spain have almost too much possession as sort of Jen's leaning into there, Jade? Or do England play them at their own game, try and get the get the lion's share of possession, but be more creative with it? I'm hoping this England team's watched the Japan game like Jen just spoke about, because Japan absolutely dismantled this Spanish team. They they defended well, but then when they counterattack, they counterattack with fierce ruthlessness. And I think this is where England have to attack Spain down the central with pace, with that fierceness that we've seen when we played against China. But for me, the, the key point of how we hurt this Spanish team is getting them running backwards. If we dribble with the ball, if we push them running back, like push them into their 18-yard box running backwards, that's where this Spanish team are weakest for me. And that's where they've conceded all their goals. I think Salma Paraluelo is, is going to be the potential game changer. It's really tightly on. It terrifies me that she comes on and just so un-Spanish in some respects, <laughs> because she just, like an arrow, just cuts through teams, direct yeah. and clinical. Yeah, and she scored so many decisive goals, all from the position as substitute. Uh, Jay, come on, let's let's tap into your experience here, having played for Atletico Madrid against some of these Spain players. What would your tactics board be telling the England team to do? Who are the individuals that they need to pick out or key battles? I think the key positions are going to be in between the sticks again. I think Mary Earps has obviously had a fantastic tournament again. I think if she can keep a clean sheet, this England team can go and score because I think their keeper right now is probably one of the weakest players on the pitch. I wonder whether the space that Bon Matty wants to operate in is the sort of space that Kira Walsh is going to be in. So, I mean, they're players that know each other as well. So I'll, I'll be looking out for that. And I think when Spain played England previously they did really well at locking down our wing play well if we've got daily and bronze trying to push on how is that going to look it's a slightly different formation bronze really kind of was going for it offensively in the semi-final and I asked her I said you normally score at world cups and she said I'm waiting so she feels like there's a goal coming Mm. I feel it too Jen I had her down on my ones to watch prediction for the last game, the semi-final against Australia, uh, she didn't quite do it. I've probably given away who who my pick is this time. I completely agree. It feels like it's time for Lucy Bronze to turn up at just the right minutes to do something incredibly crucial in a game. Not that she doesn't always, but that but that header that makes the difference, or that uh, or that fantastic block. Uh, should we talk about the golden boot? We, we've not really discussed it in this tournament so far. Leading on five goals still, Hinata Miyazawa, the Japan player, youngster really, she's only 23. Then Lauren James, Hemp, Bon Matti, Hermoso, Redondo and Russo, all on three. So two goals from any of those players in the final will see them level with Miyazawa. I don't know whether that's a bit a bit too much to ask though, Jen. Yeah, two's possible. Three is that's we're in um, Carly Lloyd. 
what's his name? Jeff Hurst. Japan, and, USA, um, 2015. And, and Mbappe, yeah. We're, yeah. We're in like an exalted trio, I think it is, uh, territory. So, But I don't put it past one player. I hope it's Hemper Russo who could get to. Yeah. Jen, a real quick one on the Women's National League game. Still going ahead on Sunday? Yeah, so I'm in Oz, so I haven't really kept up that much with it, but I'm aware that it was voted by the clubs to play the games on the 20th, and then they were, had the option to not play. It seems ludicrous from us, from the outside, that they wouldn't give the players the opportunity to watch it. And I know there's been opportunities for moving matches earlier, but then opposition have to travel really, really early. It's just a big mess, isn't it? But if you look at it, they don't get to watch WSL games either, do they? So mm, That's true. It's it's always been a problem we've had about a participation sport and a spectator sport. And as a growing sport, the people who want to watch it are actually the ones playing at the same time. I don't know what mm. the answer is, other than to say, I genuinely didn't think that England would be in the final now. So I don't blame others for planning stuff, thinking that they might not have been in the final. I know you can hang me. <laughs> You know what's got to happen, don't you? Prince William's got to got to turn up at one of those games to make amends uh, for not heading out to Australia. Surely that has to happen. Uh, no plans for a bank holiday if England win, by the way. Listener Malcolm asked about a victory parade if the Lionesses win. Uh, we understand this is being planned if England win, likely on Tuesday. Just an understanding at the moment, but that's just to give you le- the latest. All right, let's get the Spanish perspective then, shall we, on the big final. Uh, we caught up with Spanish journalist Bia Redondo. Hi, I'm Esme Morgan and you're listening to The Offside Rule with Sky Sports. Bea, tell me about the buzz in Spain. It's hard to get a sense maybe over in Sydney where Jen is or in the UK where some of us are as to how much appetite there is in Spain for this final. Is it being shown in lots of bars? Are people talking about it a lot? I think it is probably the first time I've talked to old men about women's football (laughs) in a way it's been very exciting to see in the lead up to this final at the beginning maybe because of the time it was a little bit quiet but as Spain has been progressing through the tournament there's been a lot of expectation and right now it's all over the news you've got you know everyone in football men's football women's football talking about it it's going to be shown in big screens everywhere I mentioned yesterday I think I read somewhere that there's somewhere where they're like kind of bringing a mass forward to be able to show it in the church or something like that. Wow. So it's like those little things that you'd never expect and that you're seeing. It's really exciting. I think it's a uh, critical moment for women's football in Spain because before no one was really paying attention. Now they are. Yes. Football is religion. They say there is proof. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> How are people saying Spain will threaten England? I think it's going to be a matter of whether Spain can hold the defence tight. I think it's been a problem for Spain throughout the tournament. It's been probably the weakest area with all that with Japan. So it's a little bit of have they learned from that? And it's, I think, holding that possession and being kind of more vertical than we've been in some of those games. I think when we've had, for example, Salma in the, Salma Parayuelo in the pitch, just kind of stretching that, that front line. I think that's when we're most dangerous. I know that, you know, England has a very, very strong back line that has been holding tight. So it's going to be about, you know, kind of finding those pockets and getting yourself in good areas and good places and then just being able to convert. Any other personnel changes or formation changes that anyone's talking about beer at all? 
I think there was a lot of discussion over um, over here at the beginning around the goalkeeping changes and whether that was going to stick or not. You know, Misa Rodriguez had been, you know, Spain's starting goalkeeper uh, ever since the, the Euros. And it was a very, very big shock to see him kind of, you know, in a sense, it felt like Bilder was pointing at Misa for what happened um, during that game against Japan. And then Kata Cole went out, proved that she was amazing. I think there's still a little bit of expectation as a, has she proven that she is the starting goalkeeper now? So I think that is a, an area where we'll be thinking about. I think Alexia is another place where, you know, there's those questions. You really want, when Alexia's at her best, you really want her on the pitch. But is she really at her best right now? Is she the mm-hmm. best choice to have there? And also something that has been discussed quite a bit is, you know, is the Alexa, Alexia Pateas aitana Bonmati combination the best it could be right now? Or does it give, you know, having Alexia outside of the pitch, you know, not having her in the starting 11, does it give Aitana Bonmati and Jenny and Marsa more space to do some of the things that they do best at this point because of where she's had in her recovery and her recovery? I think everyone wants Alexia Pateo to be at her best, but, you know, in all honesty, she just came back from injury. So is she the player to have in the final? I don't think so, but, you know, we never know the emotional level, the her level of expertise, her you know leadership style is probably critical. Mm. And I, I, ju- I just wonder in terms of the camp and um, the fallout between players and manager, those players, of course, who have decided to stay at home in protest over Jorge Vilder and the training environment as well. I wonder whether the conversation is in Spain about that at the moment, Beer. I note that in the press conference earlier today, Builder was asked about it and he just said, next question, he was asked by the Telegraph's Tom yeah. Gary whether he should apologise for not having a full-strength Spain team effectively. And again, he sidestepped the question. It is kind of depressing right to be here at this point in a final and not be able to feel completely you know excited and happy about it because of everything that's been happening and because you haven't seen a sense of repair over you know kind of the big fallout and the revolt I would say there's two levels of conversation for those people that know about women's football that have been following for a while that you know know about the player revolt and and the reasons why it happened Um, I think there is a lot of conflicting feelings and emotions towards this final. But then I was talking earlier about all of those people that are joining right now. Those people don't really know that much about what happened. And so for them, it's not such a big conversation as to whether we have the right squad or not. Well, the squad is performing. So for them, it's like, okay, it is the right squad. They haven't probably haven't followed the Champions League final. Don't know what a miss is to have Padre Jarro at home, but they see Tere Abajeda doing an amazing job there. And they're like, well, it doesn't seem that bad. Um, so I think there's those two levels. I think it is a pity that we're obviously you know, going into a final, still with these conversations, still with Builder having that attitude of, you know, I'm not even going to acknowledge it, which has been his attitude from the start. So it's not necessarily shocking that he said that during the press conference. When I saw it, I was like, it's it's completely on character. But it is sad to be having those headlines as we go into a final. All right. Well, listen, thanks so much for speaking to us. Bia Redondo, Spanish journalist. And um, I'm going to say... Very impartially, good luck for the final tomorrow. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks a lot. And good luck to you all too.
Well, let us know if you agree or disagree with all of that analysis. You can use the hashtag OffsideWC and the handle OffsideRulePod. Make sure you rate, follow and subscribe while you're at it. Uh, this is one of the last three shows of this Offside Rule World Cup daily with Sky Sports. Sob, sob. Uh, maybe it'll continue into the new season if you get following. Who knows? Let's get on then now to the bronze medal match. Keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. So it wasn't to be for co-hosts Australia. They came away empty-handed, no medals, no curb backflips, Natasha Dowie's vision Never came to be. Uh, Sweden took the bronze medal after a 2-0 win in Brisbane. Fridolina Rolfo netted her penalty after Claire Hunt's contact with Stina Blackstinius in the box. And the captain, Kosovare Aslane, made it two, starting an attack deep in her half before finishing from the edge of the box. Jen, over in Australia there, uh, heartbreak really for them and for Sam Kerr, who was hobbling around, wasn't she, towards the end of the game. In my head, Australia is very win at all costs. But do you think that they'll quickly dispatch this to one side, this bronze medal loss, and concentrate now on the legacy? I very much hope so. Mm, Me too. I hope it's not rhetoric because the people with power or the power to speak are saying that this hasn't just changed women's football, it's changed women's sport and Australia is now a football country given how much everybody got behind it, breaking broadcasts, uh, records, kids wanting shirts. It just seems such a sad way for it to end. But if you'd told the 10th ranked nation co-hosts that they were going to be in the third place playoff at the start they would have taken it so what an amazing ride that they've been on it's so sad that it's Sam Kerr's tournament ended like that if she could have scored tonight it would even if it was 2-1 to Sweden who mm. weirdly turn up when they're not meant to and then play <laughs> badly when we want them to win yeah, I know, I know. I know. We did all think, didn't we, through our predictions, Jade, we all thought that Australia were just going to have their moment, that they were going to sign off the tournament and that huge home support was really going to see them through. But they, I I think it's safe to say, just lacked any fluidity. They didn't move the ball through midfield. There was a lack of end product. Sweden dominated the midfield. They just didn't allow Australia any time to get forward in this. And Jen's absolutely right. This Sweden team are puzzling. They've been in four of these bronze medal matches now. Um, They've won the last two. What makes them so strong to this point? Are they just, have they just reached their sort of natural level at third? I don't know. That sounds really harsh. Yeah. Australia looked like they were still hung up on the knockout yeah, match. It's a shame. They looked fatigued. Mentally, like it, it's such a tricky position to be in as a player going into this third and fourth place game because you have something to come away with with this bronze medal. That obviously, for all your hard work that you've put in, you come away with finally something. But on the flip side, you get so close to the final, and when you don't win that game, it's so deflating. Obviously, fortunately and unfortunately for me, I've been a part of two of these games in the last yeah. World Cups. 
Jen, you was probably there watching both of them. So it'd be really interesting what your take was on these. But for me, you have a mindset to choose when you enter these games. And when we was in Canada, we came into that tournament with an expectation of what we wanted to deliver on the pitch. But as the games went on, this momentum grew inside of us. And we was like, this tournament's ours. So we knew we was coming away with something. And it was only a matter of time of like who was going to stand in our way. And obviously the it was heartbreaking to obviously go out of the semi-final the way that we did. And that galvanised us as a group and that made us go, didn't matter who we was playing against, we were playing against Germany, we'd never beaten Germany. So to go out and do that and take a bronze medal home, it was almost like written in the stars. Whereas in 2019, when we was faced with exactly the same position, it was almost a disappointment for us to not reach the, reach the final. So we went into that game with like, not the right mindset and without the fight that was needed to obviously go and go on and produce a win in this game. And for Sweden now, they've been a part of that for, you know, how many games that they've done this for and they just know how to turn up when mm. they're needed. Their mm. experience shines through, you know, phenomenal for them, but they need to step on now. They need to go and reach a final. And, and yeah. yeah, and I've talked to a lot of Australian journalists who are very upset. They've kind of come around a bit now, but I did say we've been through this twice, so it hurts, but, you know, get on with it. Sweden is a country of 10.5 million and they're coming up against bigger nations. Mm. But I think it's a golden generation that they're, they're sort of starting to ebb away. And so that was why it was great to see Aslani score that goal. Shall we pick our ones to watch then for the final? It's about time, isn't it? Here's producer Sophie with the knockout round rules for our ones to watch prediction game. This is ones to watch from the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports, the game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player, and if they score, you'll get two points. It's one for an assist and for a clean sheet if they're a defender. A goalkeeper gets two points for a clean sheet and three for a penalty save in open play. If it goes to a penalty shootout, it's one point for scoring and a keeper gets two points for a save. Oh, and minus one for a red card or an own goal. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament for Kate, Lindsay, the pundits, the producers, and of course, the listeners. So keep track of your scores and let us know how you're getting on. You can join in any time by starting with the same amount of points as the person in last place. So pick a player and let's get started. So no points added after the last game. We were all terribly enthusiastic about the Aussies in that third place match. Uh, No one came up with any goods for us at all, though. At least we didn't lose any points, fortunately. And even the Jodie Taylor bonus bonanza was never ever to see the light of day as well. So the scores as they stand are the producers are still in the lead on 30 points. I'm on 28 points. The pundits are on 17 and Lindsay is on 16. So there is added pressure. Just a point remains between the pundits and Lindsay. Only one more chance to win it. I don't think Jen O'Neill knows what she's let herself in for. So for the very last time, who are your ones to watch? Jade, let's take you first of all. This is a two-horse race right now, and this is for us to not finish on the bottom of the pile. So, um, pressure's on. (laughs) So, I've chosen, because I think these Spanish defenders could have their pockets picked. So, I'm going with Lauren Hemp. Well, that's exactly what the producers have gone for, Jade. They've also chosen Lauren Hemp, and of course, an opportunity for goals and assists with her. So, fair play. As I hinted earlier, I have gone for Lucy Bronze again. She didn't do it for me in the semi-final. I was the only player not to pick up any points. Did I go too early last time? I feel like it's time for some big bronze action. Lots of pressure on you, Jen O'Neill. You're shaking your head. You're looking thoughtful. 
Do you almost picked, shouting behind the camera? Go James on. James picked Hempel, and I was going to do that, and I can't copy. And then you've picked Lucy Bronze, and I was going to do that, so I can't copy. And Alex <laughs> Greenwood should get the golden ball of the tournament, I think, because she's been that good. But she's not going to get me any points. So well, this is awful. I'm going to say Mary Earps. <laughs> Mad dog. Uh, Merps. The Queen of Stops. Uh, of course, if it goes to extra time and penalties, that, that could be a very inspired choice. Let's hope it's for the right reasons, <laughs> Jen O'Neill, shall we? Uh, Lindsay Hooper will be... Uh, well, you'll be uh, friend or foe, depending on how that one turns out. It's not like she was doing great without me, so... Exactly, exactly. I think she's given up already. Thank you so much to Karen Carney, Bea Redondo, Jen O'Neill, thanks to you. Thank you for having me. And Jade Moore, a big thanks to you. Thank you. This has been the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. We'll speak to you tomorrow when we'll know if England are World Cup champions or not. Catch you then. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.